Blog Talk Radio. Services, the doctors and nurses in the first line COVID fighting, 
especially those people that clean up afterwards, because they are the best, and the people who are keeping themselves sharp in the, in the market. Uh, Clayton Words uh, tonight is missing you know, one of its, uh, its keystones. Uh, Bob G is, is a family in, so he won't be on tonight. And uh, Lee, do you know if uh, Ty will be joining us? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, okay. But we'll just get right on with that. That's all right. Okay, well, Z, what is going on in the boxing world? Um, Arthur Bedevitt really uh, took no time at all to do away with Joe Smith. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, it surprised me because it happened early. And mm-hmm. like you don't knock, you don't you don't stop Joe Smith. Uh, that's a guy. Yeah. I mean, we 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 you said that if it's not better be his time, then he would uh, outbox Joe Smith powerfully. And he did it quick. And, and, the, and the thing is, Joe Smith made him have to have to stop um, mm-hmm. early. Joe Smith came early. Uh, he, he landed a nice shot early on better be it. And then Bill Smith came and started winging punches against a, against a skilled guy. I mean, I mean, really against you know a guy who can catch you. You don't want to wing yeah. punches like that. Better be is right. not by nature a back foot fighter. So mm-hmm. when he got on his back foot, he used his amateur pedigree like we thought he, he, he would. Um, mm-hmm. But he had a, he had an open target. Joe Smith he, mm-hmm. he came powerful. But he came open, mm-hmm. and a guy that hits like Better Beer, he, he, he's gonna once he finds that shot, he's gonna sink into it. He's gonna sink mm-hmm. into it. He throws hard anyway, and so I mean, it, he hit Joe Smith, and he, he rocked Joe, and he put Joe down. Um, right. Yeah, you, you you have to. I mean, you have to be a little less open. Joe Smith, mm-hmm. and we knew it was gonna be a high impact, exciting fight. Um, didn't know it was gonna sure. end that early though. No, right. They walked away with three belts, the IBF, the uh, WBA, and the WBO. Um, the, uh, what do you think of it, Ty? We're you can't run up on everything. Absolutely <laughs> cannot run up on everything. And um, Zito gave a perfect summation of what happened. And the uh, the only thing I'll add to that, and it's just, you know, kind of the piggyback off Zito, we already knew uh, Biev was a tremendous puncher. Will Smith takes a good shot. But when I say you can't run up on everything, as good as a puncher as better Biev is, well, when Joe Smith is running face first into a counter shot, I mean, he's doubling the impact. So, uh mm-hmm. So it, it was clinical. And, you know, one thing that uh, BF's trainer said, I believe it's Mark Ramsey, said, you know, we, we felt our guy was a little more skilled, Joe Smith. And, you know, that level of skill and that level of power, Joe Smith really didn't have many approaches to, to beating or BF other than landing the big shot. So, you know, he's obviously at his best when he's stalking and kind of aggressive. But like Zito said, you, you have to do it behind guile and, and with defense. Do it off of your defense. You just can't kind of 
people face first and wing punches. And that's the one thing we, we know about Joe Smith. He wings punches. He literally is taking you to give one because he punches so hard and he has a good chin. He can't wing punches with everybody, like Zito said. Sure, sure. You know, it's, um, now, okay, if you had your crystal ball out, both of you, uh, where does it where does that be go now? You'd obviously yeah. like to see him have the unification fight with, with Bivol. I'm sure we'd all agree with that. However, he does mm-hmm. have a mandatory in uh, Anthony Yarde, who, for those familiar, uh, he had a good fight with Kovalev, ultimately was stopped after having Kovalev in trouble himself. Um, and mm-hmm. he has since lost the fight, uh, avenged that loss, and has developed. You know, he's a, he was a guy who was raw, who's been developing. You know, obviously he wasn't ready for the Kovalev fight. No one thought he was. Gave a good account of himself considering how raw he was. And he's developed. Um, however, the fight we'd all want to see would be against Bivol. But Aram, to be a promoter, has said Yarde's next. Yarde took step aside for the Joe Smith fight to happen since that was the unification. So uh, it's going to be Yarde next, although I'm sure uh, the world would prefer to see him uh, against Bivol. Yeah. yeah. Bivol and Benavides aren't young either. These guys, um, they're getting uh, a little later in their career. So, I mean, you want to see that matchup as soon as possible just for the competitive nature. Well, you know what? Bivol and Canelo are the same age. They're both like 31. It's Benavides, who's about to turn 37, I think, or is 37. I believe is 37. So... Uh, the, you know, the bad thing about that, and, and again, not that the Yardy Berbiev fight, Berbiev's going to win, but it's a good fight, like the Joe Smith fight, right? It's a good fight. Berbiev's going to win now. Um, should win, you know. Uh, with that being said, the thing about that is with that mandatory happening, um, well, obviously, what probably happened is ball to take a fight against somebody. So, again, for this unification to happen, both have to hold on to their titles. But, again, if that happens, you know, well, the likelihood is Bivol takes a fight against somebody. And Canelo, don't forget, is fighting Triple G. If Canelo beats Triple G, comes out unscathed, he still has that rematch clause that he can enforce with Bivol. So if Canelo chooses after the Triple G fight to go the Bivol route again, then the likelihood of seeing to be a Bivol would be if they both hang on to their titles late next year or later next year. So, you know, there's still a lot of variables at play before we get that unification, even though both guys want the fight. We'll see what happens yeah. because you never know. Maybe Yardy takes another step aside check unless that happened. But, again, you know, Bob Aram said, hey, it's, it's Yardy October in London. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, the other question I had was – Taylor's, you know, boxing background and, you know, her 
her um, you know lifelong devotion to boxing and you know, she has a lot more uh, experience in the area. You know, she's you know one hell of a MMA artist. She's also you know a very a very accomplished, very good boxer. And uh, Chris Fiborg, on the other hand, is a great striker. And we've seen her go in there and you know knock some heads and and go knock people out. Um, and, and and really put on a uh, striking show, but um, that's uh, it's completely different when it applies to to, to boxing. You know, we've seen plenty of hard hitting uh, strikers in the in the UFC or retired uh, UFC fighters that were known for their striking go in and they go box and you know they they put on a horrible show or uh, they get knocked out or they just get outboxed by someone who's been doing this far longer and someone who's a lot more experienced in that area. And I think, you know, if you take a boxer and you put her and you put um and you put her in 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 in, in that in that uh situation but flip, like you say, and you put a boxer in with an MMA fighter in MMA, I think the boxer's gonna lose every time. You know, you just have to put them in their respective categories. And if that were to happen I I would think without a doubt Katie Taylor's uh, taking the W. She's a, she's definitely gonna win that fight. I think. Really? Against yeah, the Yeah. Everything everything Katie said is absolutely correct. Everything he said is correct. Really? Um, the, the one caveat I would say is Cyborg could potentially come out come out of that looking pretty good though. The reason being is Katie Taylor is um, she's a current world champion, a current pound for pound top five women's boxer. It's not debatable, especially with her victory over Amanda, Amanda Serrano. Serrano. Right. The caveat is though, Katie Taylor. The reason why I thought she beat Amanda Serrano is the same reason why she's going to beat Cyborg. She's just too she's too fluid with her technique. Cyborg, like like Katie says, a hell of an MMA striker. Boxing something different. However, Katie Taylor is a little long in the tooth. And she just had she just went through hell with Amanda Serrano. So it it's been it's been not so quietly stated that you've seen her on the decline lately. And Katie Taylor is not a puncher at all. At all. She does not get you out of there. She will box your head off all day. So with that said, because Cyborg is physically just so durable and Katie's not a big puncher, she's a little longer in the tooth, Cyborg could lose a wide decision but walk away and say, hey, in rounds with a current pound-for-pound top five women's boxer. Like, that's absolutely within the realm of possibility for Cyborg, especially given 10 two-minute rounds. Now, once we get to eight and nine and she's catching Cyborg clean, well, then we could have a Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor situation. But Katie Taylor typically doesn't possess that power, and if Cyborg can maintain her conditioning, she'll still be dangerous, even though she'll be winging punches. Um, So Katie will have to watch out. So Cyborg, it's very doable that she could walk away, lose every round, but say, you know what? I hung tough for 10 rounds with a world champion top five pound-for-pound women's boxing. Very doable. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that um, you know, I I, I love the fact that Cyborg is going to get paid for this. I mean, she deserves a, a, a big payday. A few of them, to be honest. Um, she's going to get lit up for her money, though. She's going to earn it. She's going to get lit up for her money. Um, and I think it's going to happen maybe around round two, uh, two minute rounds, one minute round. Um, Cyborg is it, like she. She first of all, her only chance to be honest is to bring it to Katie Taylor, try to muck the fight up. Um, and just as Ty said, Katie's too clean for that. Especially when when the fight settles down, maybe around round two, Cyborg's going to get lit up. Um, she's going to last because she is durable, and Katie's not a puncher. And Cyborg's yeah. going to have Katie on the back foot for the most part, but she's going to get lit up. It's simple and plain. Yeah. It, it's she's not going to look good, I don't think. Um, she she can say I went you know ten rounds, but she's going to get lit up for the money. Yeah. Tommy Fury, uh, let me say this. We got to fight. Um, and the reason why I say that is Tommy Fury is not an MMA guy. Now, he's, he's a novice pro. But isn't that what Jake Paul is, a novice pro? Tommy Fury has, you know, obviously, he's un, you know, he's like maybe 5-0, and 6-0. He's fought horrible opposition. Um but he's fought guys who had boxed before. Um, not much before, but still. You know what I mean? He's fought horrible opposition, but he's fought a couple legitimate boxers here and there. Um, so, honestly, and the other thing, too, is Tommy Fury is cruiserweight size. You know what I mean? He's not, not like he's a welterweight coming up. So Jake Paul is confident he's going to knock Tommy Fury out. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. They're both novice pros. And if Jake Paul was Jake, who the hell knows what his name is, this is the level he'd be fighting at. Like, these are, this is the level he should be fighting at. So what this would really be uh, at this stage of their career, see, you know, two guys fighting a four-rounder right right about now. But because of the Fury last name, the Paul last name, it's going to be a pay-per-view. They'll go probably yeah. ten rounds. And I can't really predict it. I, I, I've seen a little footage on uh, Tommy Fury. Not impressed. Not impressed. Um, but I didn't know much about his opponent. Jake Paul, I've known about his opponent, so I'm not impressed. Um but this is, you know, again, this is this is a real fight just because it's not an MMA fighter. It's a guy who is somewhat serious about his boxing career. He does a reality TV stuff too, but somewhat serious about his boxing career. And he's had some fights. And who is Jake Paul's side. So it's two novice pros battling out. I, I couldn't even predict it because, it, yeah. Okay. What do you think, dude? I don't um 
I, I don't much subscribe to this because, I mean, it, listen, I, as I say, I don't hate on people getting their money, but there are other much more deserving fighters that should be making this. Um, so, but Jake Paul, he's going to do what he's going to do. Me, technically, in the fight, I'm going to go with the guy who's fought boxers in a boxing match. Um, with the, who, like the last boxer Jake Paul fought was was that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. So I mean, I mean, I'm going to go with the guy who who has more practice against what they're doing. It's as simple as that. Size wise, they match up. Um, I think Jake Paul has a puncher's chance. He's not a soft puncher necessarily, but you have to be open for him to get it. You must be open for him to get it. Um, I don't like the way he looked in that first um, Woodley fight. And now Woodley could be, I don't think Woodley would have stood a shot against Fury, I mean, at any stage, to be honest. I don't, I don't like the way he looked at any Whitley fight until the punch. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he. I, I, I'm going to go with the guy who, who fights boxers. As simple as that. You know what? The other thing, too, is Tommy Fury has been fighting, you know, and obviously when, when, when guys are early in their career and they have a name the, the and, and they're still developing, they're still raw, then the guys they get fed are up against it. And so Fury has been fighting, though, guys closer to his weight class, if not in his weight class. You know, obviously, in that record, I'm, I'm certain without even looking at boxing rec, that some of those guys probably naturally fought a class or two below to get that fight with Fury. I'm sure, you know, sure. Zito and I went to a couple of Tiberi shows, and we saw that ourselves, you know what I mean? Um you right. see an older guy coming up two weight classes to fight like this young prospect. And and so mm-hmm. that happens early in a you know, prospect's career. Um, with that being mm-hmm. said, though, they also fight guys closer to their class. And, and like Zito said, guys who tend to at least are part-time boxers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you bring up the Tiberi name because uh, I was talking to Nick the other day. Uh, he's back uh, matchmaking. He's making it for for Bam, and he's making it for uh, um, oh, what's it, what's it, uh, Duda in the uh, eastern part of the United States. Um, and I was I was surprised at that he he said that he gets a Saturday he would like to come on for a few minutes and talk. But uh, um, he's he says he spends ninety percent of his time on the road now. But uh, so Nick. Is back into the game. Uh, oh, uh, that that surprised the hell out of me because uh, the last time I heard, you know, he, he and Dave split and they weren't going to do any more. But uh, uh, Jay, Dave got involved in the uh, Hall of Fame and is sending out all kinds of uh, emails uh, for the Hall of Fame, and uh, um, so I guess that's uh, their big thing is in Atlantic City either this week or next week. Uh, which Bernard Hopkins, our friend Bernard, is going to uh, be in, inducted into the uh, uh, Atlantic City Hall of Fame. Hey. Uh, yeah, the Boxing Hall of Fame. He beat Kovalev uh, in Atlantic Kate. City. Or no, he didn't uh, beat Kovalev. He lost to Kovalev in Atlantic City. Right. And that's the one that he got the big, got involved with, uh, um, what's his name, the guy at the, the uh, 
Iris Setter from uh, Delaware. Ross. Oh Ian no, Ross that was got in. Oh that got that it. that. Oh they they got into it in that at that fight. No 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 no. He got they got it got together and we're going because he got screwed out of the uh, fight uh, on the uh, by the referees. They were going to put this bill together where uh, this was. Oh, you're talking about yeah when he fought James Tony. Tony, that's right. Yeah, it was James Tony. Yeah. Kate, what happened to uh, Josh uh, Evans? He uh, upset Calvin Qatar, uh, and then uh, now with a split decision, now all of a sudden he uh, wants uh, the winner of the uh, Holloway fight. What's going on there? Um. Well, I think. I think it was the first of all, I'm going to say that it was a great fight. And yeah. uh, I honestly mm-hmm. think that Qatar probably probably won that th- that fight 3-2. Yeah. Um, but Ooh. honestly, if, if it's a close yep. fight, if it's a close fight, I say I, it can never be a robbery. If it's a close fight, it that can is. never be a robbery because both, guys, both mm-hmm. guys deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the smartest, the smartest choice, for Josh Emmett is to pick the winner of the Yair Rodriguez Brian Ortega fight, and then um, Calvin Qatar should take the loser of that fight, and then whoever wins that fight against um, either Yair or Ortega um, when when they fight when they fight um, uh, Josh Emmett. The winner of that fight should have at least maybe a shot at, you know, top a top two contender or maybe even both. Um, if if Dane is feeling if Dane is feeling a little bit risky about that, I don't know. If, I don't know if they'll give it to him that soon. But um, yeah, I mean, Calvin Qatar's going in there with the elbows like he always loves to do. He did that against um, uh, uh, oh, who did he fought? Uh, Giga Chadiski. Yeah. Oh, Giga. Um, yeah. He went in there with the. He's going crazy he with the elbows. Giga. He smashed up his face. He was trying to go in. He was trying to get, go in on that on Josh Emmett. It just was not working. Josh Emmett was was getting hold of him. But again, I I still think that 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 um that that Qatar should have won that fight. But there are no robberies in a close fight. If Josh had gone out there and and he he called for a title shot, and remember Josh Emmett's thirty seven, um, but he's really coming into his own. If Josh had gone out there and stopped, which no one does, right? But stopped Calvin Qatar, he then he he might have had a mandate for the winner of of Holloway and and, and Volkanovski. He might have made a mandate, but like uh like Caden said, the fight could have gone either way, legitimately. I agree with Caden. I thought Qatar edged it, but but you can't be mad because it really could have gone either way. Um, and with Yair about to fight Brian Ortega, that leaves Josh Emmett still not right there just yet because of that y- Yair Ortega fight. Caden, where I slightly, slightly, very slightly, I'm not even going to say disagree with you, but where I'm going to throw this at you because of how Dana White is. If Ortega wins that fight, then I could see Emmett and Ortega being made with Qatar, like you said, fighting the loser, Yair. If Yair wins that fight because of his style, 
and he hasn't fought Volkanovski yet. It wouldn't be a rematch if Volkanovski were to defeat Holloway. Then I could see Yair getting the shot because he's a flashy striker, the Mexican market, and it would be a fresh matchup for Volkanovski. If Holloway were to beat Volkanovski, then I think everything you say could hold because Ortega or Rodriguez would be a rematch for him. So I think that mm-hmm. could play a factor because you know how they do with marketing and everything. But no matter who wins, both guys, that would just be their a one-fight winning streak because both guys are going into that fight coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. See? Um, Does he have anything I don't know. coming on that? Um, I, I, I'm just, I defer to Ty and Kate and that. Um, it's, you know, everything okay. they say sounds pretty good, though. Okay. Okay. Well, last weekend there was a, a, a bunch of young studs on the on TV uh, knocking guys out at the first round. Uh, one of them was uh, Rodriguez. Uh, stopped uh, Gary Rod- Rodriguez stopped uh, Julian Marquez with a, a knockout in the, in the first round. And then followed that was was uh, Jeremiah Wilkes uh, knocked out uh, Count McGee. Uh, now. Given given those these two came came right off like that, Caden, uh, uh, is it the training? Is it uh, they weren't looking? Uh, what 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 would you think? That, uh or was it just uh, one superior a box uh, combatant over the other? Well, honestly, when I feel like when you get hit with with something that you just you just you're not, you're not like. You're not thinking about it. It just you don't even see it coming. You know, you you might look one way. You're looking at, at his left shoulder. You don't see his right shoulder throwing that overhand right just to put you to sleep. Um, and you look up and it's just right there, and nothing you can do about it. But there mm-hmm. are something called a flash knockout, and and it happens a lot in the UFC. You'll just see regular mm-hmm. striking, and then one of the guys just goes to sleep. Um, that is mm-hmm. that is. Strictly, I mean, that is, is, it's like any one shot at any point in the fight can put someone to sleep. And I think that is, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that's that's one of the, the very, like, the fun parts of watching MMA and boxing because you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Anything yeah. can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, you can have, you can look at a stat sheet and, and say what you think is going to happen. But when it really comes mm-hmm. down to it, you can't tell what's going to happen in the fight. You know, it, it can go mm-hmm. any way. Uh, whether it can it can go all the way down to you know something little you know like mm-hmm. he wasn't paying attention or yep. you know he just looked up and it was it was there and there's nothing he could do or just hit him in the right way where it cocked his head back and he just you know mm-hmm. couldn't take it so it's 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 a I think it's, it's a mixture of that and you know we saw a lot of that you know last week in, in that in, in last week's fight card you know Joaquin Buckley. Mm-hmm. Um, are those bunch in the prelims? Um, right. so, yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think another hey, thing hey, to talk. consider too, right? I, I was going to say just to speak on Caden's point too. I think another thing to consider, if you notice in in MMA, losses are much 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 more forgivable than they are in boxing. 
And part of that reason is because a young prospect in boxing is given time against, we just talked about, softer opposition to develop. That doesn't happen in MMA. And that's why when you look across the board, most champions have losses because they, they literally are learning on the job, not getting favorable matchups for the most part, soft matchmaking. And so when you look at a prelim like we did last week or a card like we did, especially a fight night card, right, because a fight night card is going to have more up-and-comers on it than a pay-per-view. Pay-per-view is always the big name. So, you know, for the most part. But when you look at prelims and fight night cards, uh, you're going to have more, you know, up-and-comers on those cards, even if they're fighting against veterans. And when you're talking about younger guys in the game, they haven't fully developed their skill set. So they're going to be more prone to get knocked out of, you know, and get caught with a lucky shot. Not a lucky shot, but get caught with a punch that they're not going to get caught with the next fight. You know what I mean? Um, And the other thing, too, is, is when these guys come into the UFC, they come into the UFC not necessarily having fully developed all their skill sets. So you have some guys that come in that are a you know ADCC level champion grapplers, Abu Dhabi combat sport championship level grapplers, but their boxing needs to be developed. Then you got guys that come in that are tremendous kickboxers, but you could take them down and beat them up. You know what I mean? So. Until these guys develop their their full well roundedness, a perfect example is and Caden. I'm sure Caden will touch on this tonight. Is the main event we got tonight in the UFC? Both of these guys are are literally eventually. They're both championship caliber fighters. They're just still young in the game. You know what I mean? And so, like, if one gets knocked out today it still wouldn't be a surprise if he developed based on his skill set to see the guy who got knocked out tonight eventually be a champion because that's what happens in MMA. And that's why losses are so much more forgivable because guys are fighting equal guys and not getting soft touches. So you're going to see that. A lot of times when guys get knocked out early too, it's, well, most of the time when guys get knocked out early, you always hear them getting caught being cold. Um, yeah, but nerve, but nerve. Mike Tyson probably won more than half of his fight because the other guy was nervous. <laughs> I mean, when when I mean, and that's just you know that's just a part of the game. A lot of times, if you aren't the, the veterans tend not to get knocked out early unless it's an older guy against a younger guy. Certain things, unless that fast twitch doesn't work anymore. Hey, um, but, a veteran could get blitzed, but he doesn't necessarily yeah. get caught cold. Yeah. No, no. And that and that's that's all about being under fire, the relaxation of, you know, and, and during that tense situation. So when you when guys go out early like that, most ninety percent of the time it's nerves. It's you know, they might have jumped into something. They might not they might have, you know, put their hand, you know, blocked with their hand to the body when they should have had it at their face. So I mean things like you know, just because they, you know, they're nervous, that twitch. So a lot of times when, you know, you're nervous and twitch you cannot apply the skills you've learned. That's all about the relaxation. So, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Tommy, Joe is coming back into the ring uh, next weekend against uh, Christine, uh, Christian and Emmer. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, me? Oh, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, oh, um, 
Alabama has a puncher's chance. That's about it. That's about it. Um, uh, Kirsten Hammer, he he, he, he did good against uh, Kanaki. Um, because Kanaki's work rate got him put. As simple as that. He he his arms were out too no, much. No, 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 Zito, 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 Zito. Uh, it, it was it was Robert Hellenius who beat Kanaki. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you get your Nordic, uh, Nordic fight because it, it ain't like a couple of them. You get your Nordic fighters to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And Christian Hammer's yeah, fighting. Hammer, who I just saw him, who he's fighting again. Who is he fighting? I just read that. Uh, yeah. Let me get back here to another page. Christian Hammer. Yeah, Joe Joyce. Yeah. And Joe Joyce. Oh, yeah, Joe Joyce. Yeah, that, that, yeah, Joe Joyce is. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Christian yeah. Hammer's yeah. gonna be yeah. cannon father. Yeah. 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 I think that the hill's gonna start yeah. rolling going downwards earlier. I, than, I like the fight Zito thought it was better. That'd be a much better fight. <laughs> and actually it's funny. And I could see why Zito, even though you said hammer, and he would automatically go to the other Norse guy and Hellenius who's coming off two good wins. That would be an appropriate. That's the fight that kind of should be made. Joe Joyce yeah. is actually taking a step back, fighting yeah. Christian Hammer. So yeah. I can see why Z- Zito. I can see why you subliminally got mine uh, screwed because, because I think more of Hellenius. I mean Hammer oh, is okay. Hellenius is a better fighter. Exactly. He's he, yeah yeah. I mean he's he, he's gonna get downhill early. Yeah, that would be actually a really good test for Joe Joyce. Like, man, that would that would be a really good test for Joe Joyce right now. Wow, I'm, I'm, I like your the subliminal matchmaking better than the actual matchmaking. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. Usually, how it goes. When you brain yeah. fart and it smells sweeter than reality. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what do you think about uh, uh, Shakat uh, versus Neil uh, Nagy? Nagy. It's coming up in Magny. two weeks. Magny. Neil Magny. 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 Um, yeah, so uh, Shakat is he's um, he's an up-and-coming prospect in the, in the welterweight division, kind of one that's unspoken of, you know, that, that not a lot of people um, – uh, tend to focus on, and you know, on his on his come up, he's been kind of making making some noise through the uh, through the whole division. And you know, Neil Magny is, is is one you know never to back down from any sort of fight. You know, he, he'll never pick an, a so called easy fight. You know, he's, he's kind of known for just taking it the taking it on the hard way. And his his last fight was uh, that. That Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson uh, card back in uh, February, and he knocked the guy out in the first round, and it was uh, Carlson Harris. And I remember, I remember watching watching him fight, and it was it was you know his his striking was so technical and so quick, and his kicks were looked powerful and very clean, but. His wrestling game does need you know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a tweak um, to it. I'm not saying it's horrible, but it, it can be improved. And I think Neil Magny, if he goes in there and he tries to exploit that, um, I think he can definitely get some sort of ground finish 
Um, I don't think that he can get a TKO, but I think it is within his reach to get a, a submission or just maybe hold him down and get some, get some control and, you know, um, ride, it out to the, ride it out to the scorecards and, and see how he can do with the judges. Because if he goes in there and he tries to strike with him and, you know, throw a heavy hand to defend, he's going to be met with a big surprise. And I don't think it's going to a surprise he's going to want, you know, he's trying to, right now he's on his move forward and his move forward point in his career. You know, he's fighting every single person in the, uh, the division. You know, he's, uh, it's, it's kind of where I like Neil Magny. But uh, Shavkat has yet to be tested against a good, you know, opponent. And Neil Magny will definitely put him to the test. You know, uh, Neil Magny has a lot of, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good fighters under his belt, a lot of good fights under his belt. And, if he goes in there and and sticks to stick to what he sticks to what he does, you go in there and get get some finishes, you know maybe he can you know pull one out today. But I think the odds are stacked against him, and I don't know if he can hold out that long. So my my prediction would be probably rest stoppage, um, second round. I don't, I don't know if he can get him out in the first round. I don't, I don't know if you know Magny's going to go out in the first round, but. It'll it'll definitely be a tough night for both people, for both both fighters. Well, you know what? I kind of agree with Katie. Um, I'm I'm I really like Manoff. I really do. Um, and like Katie said, you know, he's very technical. He's got dynamic striking. Um, he's also pretty big for the for the class. You know, he's that other Eastern European guy that kind of sleeping on. There's one Eastern European guy in the welterweight division that everyone's extremely high on. Obviously, we know is Shemaev, Boris, the Wolf. Shachmanov, uh, if Rachmanov does, you know, if he goes in there and, and defeats Neil Magny, he's going to get some deserved praise. Neil Magny's a durable veteran who has wins over a who's who of the welterweight division. In fact, if Neil Magny wins tonight, he will surpass George St. Pierre, the legend himself, as the man with the most victories in welterweight history in the UFC. That would be Neil Magny if he wins tonight. Um, Neil Magny has one way to win. And what Neil Magny does is he's, you know, he's extremely long, tall for the weight class. He's 6'3", really long. And he's not the most dynamic striker, um, and he can be hit at range. Uh, and he's not the most dynamic wrestler, and he can be taken down himself. What Neil Magny's really good at is he has a Guido-level cardio. He doesn't get tired. He pushes a tremendous pace. He frustrates you and wears you out in the clinch. So, Neil Magny needs to do is, is funny, being a longer guy, he needs to safely navigate his way into the clinch, push Rachmaninoff up against the fight, up against the fence, and, and have that kind of fight and wear Rachmaninoff's tank out. Never seen Rachmaninoff go more than three rounds. He's 15-0 and 0 with 15 stoppages. Uh, so the guy's never gone more than three. Uh, Neil Magny is a durable guy, and he typically doesn't lose decisions which means if you're going to beat him, you're going to usually have to finish him. Um, and that doesn't happen a whole hell of a lot, but it's happened. Uh, so I, I kind of agree with Kate, and I think 
think if Rachmaninoff is the real deal, if he's special, he's going to go ahead and stop Neil Magny or, or win. If not, Neil Magny's going to bring him into the quicksand and, and you know, either either win a decision or lose a close decision. Um, I agree with Kate, and I think Rachmaninoff is uh, only 26 years old, so he's still learning. I think he's a guy who's going to be a top five guy for the time. So. Hey, Lee, I got a question for you. Uh, we got uh, Alexander Yusek next week with, uh, I'm sorry, on the 23rd, uh, against uh, Joshua. Uh, Anthony Joshua, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, the rematch. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to go a lot like it did the first time, except for Yusek's going to be more aggressive. Um I don't know if he's going to get a stoppage because that might have to put him out there a little more. Uh, Joshua was a big guy. But to to to, to Usyk, Joshua is extremely readable. And that's dangerous, man. That's dangerous to be a fighter that, that uh, the guy has a beat on easily. And it just seems that you know, Joshua, he can't lay a, lay a glove on Usyk, you know, a clean glove on Usyk. And Usyk can do nothing but lay clean gloves on Joshua when he decides to. Um, it seemed like the first fight, Usyk, he not only, you know, he, he looked like he wanted to reserve his tank a little more. He wanted to be, you know, uh, I guess the weight, the weight, he put on a, um, a lot of weight. He, I mean, he, he got, as a heavyweight, um, he, he seems to, you know, do that. I think um, he, he's going he's gonna, to uh, really, really kind of put, his, put, put stuff together on Joshua this fight. Um, I don't know what Joshua can do. Joshua could try to bring it downhill on Usyk, but Joshua's not that kind of fighter. He, right, Joe Joyce, to me, would stand a better shot against Usyk. I know they fought in the amateurs, or, or they had, uh, I guess, an amateur fight like that. But, I mean, Joe Joyce, you know, just his style of fight, to me, would be more effective against uh, against a Usyk. Um, Joshua, he's going to play. He's going to try to you know, at times set you up. He's going to – Joshua wins when he's comfortable. Joshua wins when he's comfortable. And Usyk is not going to have let him be comfortable. So I just think it's right. going to be a better, cleaner version of the first fight. You think – You know, I don't know. First of all, Joshua does – he has made a change. He's being trained by Robert Garcia. Um, and I think that makes it pretty evident – uh, what he's looking to do. Robert Garcia is famous through the industry of training guys that like to kind of, uh, at different paces, but are aggressive typically like to fight off the front foot and uh, bring some type of level of pressure, whether it's a stalking quiet pressure or a, you know more uh, aggressive pressure contingent upon the fighter. But he typically likes guys to fight off the front foot. So obviously, Joshua is looking to fight off the front foot and be more aggressive and impose more of his size uh, in this fight. Um, when you do that, you uh, obviously are, are able to punch with more damage and more force. Um, at the same time, you, you open yourself up for counters more, as we saw with Joe Smith. Uh, Joshua's not going to come with that level of aggressiveness nor recklessness. Nonetheless, you, when you do that, you open yourself up for counters more. You're more flat on your feet, and it's 
a little harder for you to get out the way of shots too, especially a, a guy as big as Joshua. Uh, he'll be able to do that, but to be that big and to have that level of defense uh, and that level of pressure requires a, you know, a different level of energy than to kind of, you know, just kind of stalk from the outside. So um, it, it's obvious to me, and, you know, it's, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone that Joshua felt he needed to be more aggressive. And, you know, most people felt that he needed to be more aggressive and impose his size more. Like Zito said, with that being said, when you get a guy like Usyk, who, if you notice, he tends to start slow uh, and he builds. Usyk is, is a guy who builds over the fight. And part of the reason why he starts slow is because He's getting his reads. You know what I mean? And like Zito said, Joshua is going to change some things, but Usyk already has a lot of his reads down. And when Usyk walked away from the fight, Usyk felt, no, I listened to my corner, and, 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 you know, we got the win. However, there were times where I felt if I was a little bit more aggressive, I could have stopped him. So there is a chance that both could be a little bit more aggressive, and and that just that you know plays that they're both pros and cons for both guys in that. With that said, we know Usyk is is the more cerebral fighter. He's been going a little longer, and regardless of what happens in the ring, Usyk, even though Joshua has the ability to adjust, Usyk's going to be processing a little bit quicker. And, again, he already has his reads down. My only concern is the war in his homeland. What, what is that doing to his spirit? His, how much does take out of him going through that ordeal? Yeah, that's kind of my only concern. Outside of that, I, 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 I got, like you know, said, I think he takes him again. But the fight was – Joshua had a little mid-rounds rally. But the fight was closer on the cards than it was in, in the ring, and that was because they were in the UK. So I, I think they're fighting like in Saudi Arabia. So I kind of got a favorite, yeah. or, or Dubai or someplace. They're not, I don't believe they're fighting uh, in where in Dubai. Yeah, Dubai. Yeah. So they get neutral judges. I think uh, no matter what Joshua does, Usyk a counter, and and you know you want a decision again. That's that's what I believe. Don't count Joshua okay. out because he's a big guy who can punch, but right. and I agree with you though. Hey, uh, hey, what do you think of uh, Musali against uh, Edmund coming up? Musaki. What do you say? What do you say? Musaki versus Edmund coming up next week. Oh, oh, oh! You said. I can't, I still can't hear what you're saying. Uh, you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. I hear you now. Okay. Uh, Musaki, Musari, M-A-U-S-A-S-I-Italy versus Edwin. Adesanya versus... Adesanya versus Kananir? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Um. honestly, I have a pretty wild take on on Adesanya versus um versus uh versus Jared Kennedy 
because I I truly believe that Jared Cannonier has the opportunity and it is within his reach to beat Israel Adesanya and become the new middleweight champion. And we've seen the only loss on Izzy's record is against the bigger guy uh, is when he um, when he moved up to, to light heavyweight and went to go fight um, Jan Blachowicz went to, to try to become double champ. But when he went up, he went up there, Jan beat him, and that is the only loss on Izzy's record to this day. And Jared Cannonier is a guy who can fight at any weight class in the entire UFC. He's been a heavyweight. He's been a light heavyweight. He's been, I think he's been like four weight classes. And that's coming off a big guy who's fought other big guys. And he is pretty, he's pretty big for, for the, um, for, for middleweight. And that is because he, you know, he fought it. He fought it heavyweight, fought it like heavyweight. Um, and he's just a monster. He's probably the, one of the hardest hitting, um, uh, I think the hardest hitting, um, uh, uh, middleweight in the world right now. He, he goes in there, he, he, he gets the stuff done, and there is there's one, if there's any fighter that you can truly compare Israel Adesanya to, I think it's it's, it's definitely Anderson Silva, you know. And I'm not gonna say that you know he's as good as 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 Anderson Silva, or I'm not gonna say that you know he's the goat like Anderson Silva, but you cannot lie that they their style and how they fight and their fight tendencies are very similar. Now, although Jared Cannonier um fought the washed up not champion old um Anderson Silva, end of his career Anderson Silva in two thousand seventeen, he still washed him. He still beat him. And you know, so did so did Izzy. But that is that is someone that you can sort of compare Izzy to, in, in that in that sense, and and um, and and Jared fought him and won, and if he can go out there and hit him with some hit him with some good strikes, um, and he needs to go in there and he needs to do not what not what Costa did, not what Vittori did, not what Whitaker did, the, the three main mistakes that those guys made. Is they went, they rushed into the fight very quickly, and the thing that Izzy is the absolute king of is counterpunching. His counterpunching is the best in the entire UFC. You try to rush on him, you make one mistake. You put your you put your face in the wrong place, or you put your hand down. He's gonna hit you there, and you're definitely gonna feel it. And he is not a guy who goes in there and plays around. He goes in there, he wants to come out as quick as he can. He is again. I've said this. I've said this on on the show before. He is the he is he is the only he is the final boss in a video game. That's what he reminds me of. He is the final boss in a video game, and I think that Jared Cannonier is the character that beats the final boss in the video game and becomes the new king. And if he can go out there and do that, that would be my best prediction. And I'm very excited for that fight. And for the co-main event, it is the uh, Volkanovski versus Holloway. And I will stay by this for the rest of my life, but Holloway definitely won that second fight. Um, and I think he should have at least – I think it should have been a draw of the third fight. I, I don't think that, that Volk should have 
I don't. I, don't, I truly don't think that Volk should be champion right now. I think that it should still be Holloway, really? and hopefully yeah. Holloway comes in there and proves that you know he can take his rightful rightful um, spot thrown back, and he goes out there, goes to work early on, early on on uh, Volkanovski, maybe put put him in some uncomfortable situations, go in there with his striking. Now. Um, he's definitely gonna have to go in there and and do something different than what he's been doing in his last couple fights, you know, to get the attention of the judges. You know, make sure make, make sure he can you know change the mind for the best and and really put on a show out there and and really prove that you know he deserves to be here, uh, which I think he can. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, sir. Jessica Jessica McCaskill is fighting tonight. Oh oh oh, she should win. Yeah, no, I I, I favor McCaskill to win. That's a good card too. That's Mm -hmm. a really good uh, card tonight. We got the tie tank against Baron Rodriguez too. Uh, Very much looking forward to that fight. So that's a very very good card. Glad you brought it up and glad you gave the women uh, the highlight. McCaskill. The champion, I expect her to be so after the night as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got pretty good now, so, uh, you know, that, that's impressive. Uh, all right, the last one is uh, uh, Gambosa, uh, oh, wait, before I do that, I'll make him wait for my seat. This week I had a chance to visit with uh, Mr. Keith Thurman. I've never seen him pissed off like he is at yeah, uh, he yeah. feels that you know, and and rightfully so. He he uh, may have bit off more than he could chew when he was on top, but uh, nobody will give him a fight as far as his uh, 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 best buddies uh, who are fighting Crawford's both Spence and Crawford's camps are reporting that they are very close to getting the deal done. And though I love Keith Thurman and would love to see him fight Spence or Crawford, there is no one outside of Keith Thurman's household that does not want L. Spence and Terrence Crawford to come next. No more I right. fight Keith Thurman, you fight this guy. Outside of right. Keith Thurman's right. household, Everybody wants that fight next, and it looks like it's close to happening. So I understand. I mean, so you know, Keith is going to, you know, he's going to have his opinion. But I do think the the public uh, be against him severely. This one, Um, if that fight gets, if that fight doesn't get made, if that fight falls through, Keith would be a great opponent for either one of those guys. That everybody would accept that as as a cool alternative. However, Spence Crawford has a chance to get made, and they're talking that it's close. Yeah, Keith has he's got to go fight Ugas yeah. or somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, that's uh, previews of that. I'm glonder, uh, my, uh, prepared stuff here. Any last 
Thursday last week, and we were actually on for two hours. I didn't realize it until I, I stopped and uh, looked at it. I had, had to extend it the, uh, the time, but uh, both times. So, so uh, uh, thank you for that. appreciate it. Uh, I did talk to uh, the, uh, the fighter that we had on. I talked to him and his manager this week, and they both uh, were very appreciative of the time that you gave it. So uh, I wanted to pass that along. So, uh, okay. Kate, okay, you want to lead us out? Sure, I think it was another another great week, uh, another great week for MMA and boxing fans, and I hope all y'all have a great night. Thank you for tuning in, and see y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Great show as always. Always a pleasure talking to you fine gentlemen. Y'all have a great weekend. Bob's our co-pilot. Coach Bell's watching over us. Dr. Chris, this is laughing. Be safe. Be well. See Another wonderful show, as always. Um, these shows are dedicated to Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. Anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Again, I want to thank everybody. and did a great job again
Thank you, guys. 